Hey everybody, thanks for joining us at the Central and Janesville podcast. Please remember to check us out on centraljanesville.com throughout the week. We're excited for wherever God's got you at right now, and we hope this message brings you a little closer. Thanks. Once again, happy Mother's Day to all you women out, out there listening to this. Uh, every single one of you uh, are special, and I hope you understand that and know that. Um, most of you are also probably exhausted. Uh, after all, it's, it, right now it's a Sunday morning. Uh, you kids are waking up and things are crazy probably. Everybody knows uh, a little bit of what it feels like to be exhausted. Probably no one knows quite what exhaustion feels like more than a mother. Uh, I don't think I ever quite appreciated what my mom did to be a mom when I was growing up. And now watching my wife be a mother every day and watching so many of you women uh, every day do what you do, uh, my goodness, like there is no way around it. Women are superheroes. Uh, They can go on two hours of sleep and then still do the next day like they had gotten eight hours of sleep. Now guys, we can't do that. Uh, We might make it through the next day, but we're gonna make sure that everybody knows that we got no sleep and that we're gonna expect some kind of recognition for it. Uh, I'm amazed at how women can fight through things that, that we guys don't seem like we're able to fight through. A buddy of mine, just, he just had his first kid uh, recently in the last couple of weeks, and here's his realization from that event. He said to me, man, Kellen, she's tougher than me. Like, yeah, no kidding, bro. You just finally figured that out. Uh, but while women might do a better job of fighting through exhaustion or at least masking exhaustion, we all face it in some form or another. Uh, maybe you had a baby with colic. Uh, that was my, my kid, Cameron. Uh, for a long stretch of time, uh, she just didn't sleep. Uh, she'd cry, she'd scream and really loudly. And it wasn't easy for her mom and me. Or maybe you had to pull double shifts at work for an extended period of time. Or maybe you had two different jobs and you were working 16-hour days. Uh, maybe you've gone to a kid's summer Bible camp in the summer. And you have to sleep the whole next day when you get home just to recuperate. Uh, Some exhaustion is actually caused by life circumstances that we have no control over. Some exhaustion is caused by our own doing. Um, A few years back, a buddy of mine actually called me up on the phone and he's like, dude, I got free extra ticket for you for the Vikings game this Thursday night. Uh, If you don't know me, I'm a huge Vikings fan. And these were not just any old tickets. Now, first off, I hadn't seen the new Vikings stadium yet, and so I was super excited to do that. Uh, But these were special box seats uh, where we literally got to feast on amazing food at no extra cost, whatever you wanted. It was awesome. So I simply had to go to the game. Uh, But there was only one problem. It was the same week as our annual youth convention with students. And so it meant that Friday morning, I was going to have to leave with these students to go to lacrosse for the weekend. And it was a weekend where I was going to be getting very little sleep to begin with. And so with the game being in Minneapolis on Thursday night, man, this was going to be tough to figure out. I went through like 40 different scenarios in my head, how I best could get this done and not die by falling asleep at the wheel at some point during the weekend. The only option that seemed to make sense was I was going to go watch the game and then I was going to drive home and I was going to sleep on the way somewhere if I really had to fall asleep somewhere. And so the game, the game happens and it's awesome. It's a blast. And, and it got done really quickly for an NFL game. I think it took under three hours and, and that bode really well for me. I got out of the stadium about 10 o'clock, took like 45 minutes to get through the post-game traffic. And then it was about five hours to get home. And so doing the math, I was like, man, I'm going to get home like 4 a.m. or something. Um, 
And I made it to like 3 a.m. and finally, just outside of Madison, I'm like, I've absolutely got to stop. I don't even know what my name is anymore. And so I pulled off at a rest stop and I slept for maybe 45 minutes uh, before getting back on the road. I went for a jog around the, 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 rest, the rest area uh, before I got back in the car and then I was singing really loudly to try to keep myself awake. Now, it was a blast going to that game, but I can tell you how incredibly exhausted I was the entire weekend at youth convention. I think I probably was a little bit grumpy too. Uh, exhaustion just isn't fun for any of us. There are seasons in our lives where exhaustion is bound to set in, whether it's by choice, like staying up too late and binging movies on Netflix, or by necessity, staying up with a sick child and you still have to go to work the next day. Exhaustion is able to wreak havoc on your emotional, your physical, and your spiritual life. Uh, and as we're in this series called Jesus is Greater, maybe Jesus can give us what we need in the face of exhaustion. Is there something that I can find in Jesus that can help me in those moments when I have no sleep and no peace and I just want to scream? Or better yet, I just want to take a nap. When the kids have me wanting to pull my hair out, when my job doesn't seem to end when I get home for the night, uh, when my stress is at uh, a seemingly never ceasing high point, is there a, a relief for it all? And if so, where do I find that relief? I want to look at a short, uh, short teaching here that Jesus gives to his followers in Matthew chapter 11. And so this is Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now here's an interesting thing to think about. Now back when Jesus said this, it's super understandable why people would have been tired. Think about everything that you do today. You're going to work and maybe you work a few miles away or even more miles than a few miles away, taking a shower, going to the bathroom, making dinner, and now think about doing those things in a world 2,000 years ago. You gotta travel two miles, start walking or get on a donkey. You've gotta get cleaned up, go a half mile to the well, bring a pail with you so that you can get water in the pail and then scrub yourself clean. And then get sweaty by walking back to this place where there's no air conditioning, it's 88 degrees in your little mud home. You need to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, light a lantern or whatever they had back then and go to the hole in the ground outside. It all sounds really awful to me. Uh, the world that we live in today is so much easier to live in than the people that Jesus was talking to. Now that being said, we should be a lot more rested, right? We don't have to walk everywhere we go. Uh, we've got couches instead of rocks to sit on. We've got toilets just off of our bedrooms that are heated to a perfect 68 to 72 degrees year round. People, we've got it made. You don't even have to walk around Walmart. You can just get in one of those little scooter things. It's awesome. But are we any more rested than the people 2000 years ago were rested? It doesn't seem like we are. Are we any less weary or burdened? The statistics actually would tell us that we are generally not at ease as a whole. Uh, no matter how easy life today is compared to 2,000 years ago, we are kind of a mess. In a 2020 survey, 62% of respondents reported experiencing some degree of anxiety. An estimated 31% of all adults 
will experience an anxiety disorder at some point in their life. Major depressive disorder affects about 17.3 million American adults, or about 7.1 of the population that's over 18 in just one year. Even 1.9 million children ages 3 to 17 have diagnosed depression. Jesus, in this passage in Matthew, is trying to give us a way to finding rest. So here's the, the question today. Number one question that we, we got to face. Why do we need rest? And the answer is because we're tired. If you can honestly sit there today and say that you haven't felt tired to, to the point of exhaustion, this kind of tired that's deeper than a mere lack of sleep kind of tired, then you're an anomaly in the world that we live in. We have all the comforts of the world, yet we're exhausted. And it's a kind of tired that runs so deep that it, it's actually hitting us at a spiritual and an emotional level, not just a physical level. You and I tend to look at to all sorts of things to offer us the peace that only God can supply. We think that our career is going to give us the ultimate rest, and it never does. We think that relationships or status or money is going to get us there. And, and we run after all these things, and we simply find ourselves getting more tired and more disappointed. Rich people aren't content if they look for contentment in their riches. Successful people aren't content in their success. Here's the thing. I'd even go so far as to say that happy people can't even be content in their enjoyment as long as God isn't the source of the contentment we're going to find ourselves lacking whatever it is. We need something better. And St. Augustine said uh, that you, God, have made us for yourself and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. No matter how much this world has improved itself, and it's gotten so much easier to find pleasure in this life, true rest and contentment is not made easier by things in this world. Let's sing again what Jesus said here in Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. The question is, are you exhausted? Then come to Jesus. Are you disappointed in what the world offers but fails to deliver on? Come to Jesus. Are you troubled? The answer is come to Jesus. Are you at the end of your spiritual rope? Do you realize the depth of your sin and that you can't seem to make up for it? Come to Jesus. The more that you go after things that ultimately have no purpose, the more you're going to be spinning that cycle over and over and over again. One thing that our exhaustion should show us is that no matter how amazing this world is and how blessed we are with the technology and the homes and the cars and the food and whatever else is that we have, all of that is not enough. If even you and I can, can have all of this and still be weary, then it's proof that the world alone is not enough to offer us anything that's going to fully satisfy our hearts. It never has and it never will. Some of you maybe feel exhausted for another reason. Maybe you've taken on the burden of trying to please God with your own efforts. And let's face it, no matter how great our parents were, uh, there was always this performative aspect to our relationship with our parents. We often did things so that they'd be proud of us. Uh, even the best of parents, they can't quite give their kids this feeling of absolute unconditional love. Living in the broken world that we, that we live in, we know brokenness all too well, and so we, we only can see love as at least this partially conditional thing. And so the natural instinct is to live that way in our relationship with God. And we act like His love is at least a little bit conditional on what we do or how we act. Do you realize how exhausting it is to try and act perfectly 
because you think your relationship is dependent on not messing up. If you know what that's like, you, you also are welcome to my high school life. Trying so hard not to be the idiot in the room so that people will accept me and trying so hard so that I end up winding up being the idiot in the room that I'm not trying to be. Uh, seriously, we have to try to stop trying to please Jesus. It will exhaust us. The point of what Jesus is saying in this passage is this. He accepts you. Done. Period. End of story. He's accessible to you exactly where you're at. There's a writer named Dane Ortland that says it this way. He says, you don't need to unburden your, or, or collect yourself and then come to Jesus. Your very burden is what qualifies you to come. The very fact that you and I are so tired, it makes us prime candidates to come to Jesus. It's what qualifies us to come to him. You don't have to think, man, I got to get myself together. I got to get organized. I, I got to get fresh here before I lean on Jesus. No, Jesus is actually saying, you need to lean on me in order to get yourself to that place. Because frankly, you can't get yourself well without leaning on Jesus first. Rest is a gift from Jesus. It is not a transaction from Jesus. It's a gift. Okay, so now you might be thinking, as you're, as you're yawning there, sitting, you're tired, and you're like, man, this rest sounds nice. I, I'd like to get me some of that. But I, but I don't get it. It seems too good to be true. What, what is this kind of rest, really? So that takes us to the second question that we need to answer right now. Second question is this. What is the rest that Jesus actually offers? And there's a couple answers to this question. The first one is this. Jesus offers rest for your soul. Uh, in verse 29, he said, you will find rest for your souls. So what is that kind of rest for your soul? It's a rest that's different than sleep rest. It's a better rest than that. It's, it's better than a vacation because we all know vacations, are, you're more tired when you get back anyhow. Uh, it's, it's better than a day off. It's better than an easy stretch of life. Here's what rest for your soul is like. It's, it's being tired, yet still feeling completely settled and content. You know when I felt the most at rest before? It's actually at the end of a long week at camp with students when I'm dead tired. I can barely keep my eyes open, I've, but I've, I've watched those same students that I'm driving home with, barely able to keep my eyes open, and I've watched those students during the week draw close to Jesus and get excited about their relationship with Him. That's actually a rest for my soul that gives me a better rest than sleep could ever give. Moms, you pour so much into your kids. You have about this, you have this 18 year stretch where you get like a third of the amount of sleep that is recommended by doctors. Uh, but then you watch your child show kindness to a kid down the street who's awkward and doesn't have any friends. Or you see them go up to, to give a hug to an el elderly person at church and you see how they just bring light into that person's eyes. Or you watch as your teenage kid offers to help in the kids' ministry at church and they share Jesus' love with the kids who are looking up to them now. All in all, you've worked tirelessly, or, or better yet, maybe extremely tiredly, for years teaching your child what the love of Jesus looks like and you see it come to fruition. All those nights staying up late and encouraging your babies through their tears and their hurts and their fears, it's worth it. There is no better rest than the rest that Jesus provides our souls as we see our kids walking with Jesus. Peace with God is the only thing that offers a better rest, that kind of rest. Now here's another kind of rest that Jesus offers. Jesus offers rest in the restful one. 
Uh, in verse uh, 29 of this passage, he said, For I am gentle and humble in heart. Another translation actually says that Jesus is meek and lowly. And this really is the beauty of getting to know Jesus more and more. The more that you know him, the more that you feel at rest. He is your chill friend that you just need in your life. When everybody else around you is judgmental and they're peaking your anxiety level, Jesus meets you with such gentle nature that you can't help but feel more at rest. And some people might say, man, when I, when I went to church when I was young, I never felt peace. It just felt like a bunch of judgment and scorn. Uh, nobody uses the word scorn anymore, but I do. Uh, but when you, if that's what you think about what church was all about and what Jesus is all about, then, then I want to say you didn't meet the real Jesus, if that's what you felt. You met an imposter Jesus. The real Jesus is the most gentle, the most humble, the most kind, most understanding person that you could ever meet. If you're unwilling to go to Jesus for rest, then you probably have a misconception about the nature of who Jesus is. Uh, when we begin to see Jesus as gentle and humble, it actually changes our willingness to go to him. If you went to your parent and, and told them about something that you did wrong when you were a kid, how they reacted in the moment probably determined whether or not you were going to go to them in a moment like that again. Uh, if if they flew off the handle at you, you probably lost trust in them as a safe place for your faults to be exposed. If they met you with gentle grace, you probably felt like the next time you messed up, it was totally safe for you to open up to them again. Jesus is that safe place for you every time you need it. You can rest in the restful one because he, is, <laughs> he will always be gentle with you. Now, here's another uh, rest that I think we, we have offered in Jesus. Jesus offers rest that is easy, an easy yoke, and a light burden. Uh, verse 30, and this is one of the, I think, popular verses in the Bible, and I love it. It says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, okay, for maybe some of you young ones, you, you don't exactly know what the reference is here, what a yoke is. It's simply a wooden cross piece uh, that is placed over the necks of oxen as they're attached. It's, it's then attached to a cart or a plow that these oxen are intended to pull. And so a yoke is something that weighs us down. It's the rules that we need to follow. It's the responsibilities that we have and are expected to carry out. Here's something important to understand. The yoke is not easier and the burden lighter just because Jesus demands less of us. In fact, it's actually to the contrary. As a follower of Jesus, I think we're called to a higher standard. The disciples in the early church, they would rebuke the believers for doing things that people outside the church could have gotten away with. The demands are not less on us. Instead, I think the yoke is easy and the burden is lighter because Jesus himself bears more of the load with those who are burdened. How does Jesus bear the load? Take a look at the word that's used for, for easy in the phrase, my yoke is easy. The same word here was used um, in, in Ephesians 4.32 as the word kind, where it says, be kind to one another. See, this yoke, this load that Jesus places on us, it's actually a non-yoke. It, it is a yoke of kindness. When Jesus carried his own cross to the place where he died for us, that was him in all of his kindness, taking our yoke upon himself. This was his yoke, a cross-shaped piece of wood 
much like the wooden yoke that was placed on oxen, like he talks about in this passage. That's how Jesus bears the load on our behalf. He took our yoke of sin upon himself. Here's another way that he bears, bears the load. He doesn't give us a burden of simply following rules. He makes his goal for us a relationship with him rather than a need to follow rules. See, the Pharisees in Jesus' day, they placed a yoke on people and that yoke was a rule after rule after rule that people had to follow. And it was impossible to live under that kind of yoke of religion. But Jesus shows us a better way to relate to God. It's not about this burdensome rule keeping. It's, it's a relationship with God that is found in the loving and grace-filled relationship of his kindness. Here's a question I think you need to ask yourself today. Am I easy to be around? I want you to really think about that. Do you place so many expectations and rules on others that it's a burden for people to be in your presence? The yoke of the, of the Pharisees, this sense that you have to do this or do that or else you're not going to be right, uh, it becomes like a disease. And when you live under that yoke, you tend to take that Pharisaical nature on yourself. You expect people to live up to your standards or else they're just not going to make it in your graces. So many homes are hurt because of this extra burden that parents place on their children or because a spouse places this burden of perfection on their spouse. People can't breathe when they're living under that kind of yoke. Jesus, though, gives us an easy yoke and a light burden, not because he expects little of you, but because he died for you and makes up for any and all mistakes that you make in your life. He's easy to be around because he doesn't hold your sin over your head. And you know that you've been graced with this kind of yoke of Jesus when others find it easy to be around you. When you realize this easy yoke and this light burden that Jesus gives you because he takes this weight on himself, you are going to begin to do that for other people. And the more that you do that, the more that you become a person that other people, they just want to be around. They can find rest around. That right there is a great place to find yourself. Being a place of rest for other people. That's becoming like Jesus. That's becoming like Jesus to the world around you. So maybe you're saying to yourself, man, this, this is the kind of rest that I want. How do I, how do I get this rest? That's really question number three for today. How do I get this rest from Jesus? And there's four things that this passage says uh, for a how-to of getting rest in Jesus. I'm going to go through them pretty quickly here, but four things. The first one is this. Number one, it says, come to him. Uh, verse 28, that's exactly what Jesus says. He says, come to me. Abandon your efforts to try and figure out how to make yourself restful. You can't do it on your own. Jesus is the only place that you're actually going to find rest. So go to him. Don't expect to get rest absent from Jesus. And then the second thing is this. Receive from him. Uh, in verse 28, Jesus said, I will give you rest. He will give it to you. So you got to receive it. See, Jesus is actually the one that's acting here. He can give you something that you frankly can't give to yourself. Uh, Paul David Tripp writes this, When we're weary, or when you're weary with the battle, remember the one who is your strength, never takes a break, never needs sleep, never grows weary. Jesus is acting on your behalf to give you rest. And what he's offering you is a gift. And he might offer it to you as a gift that 
you actually maybe have to do a little bit of hard work on your end. See, laziness doesn't put us at rest like we think it does. Sometimes, man, we think, I, I wanna, man, I wanna have a lazy day today and I feel like I'm gonna be all rested after that. And sometimes I'm just not. Maybe Jesus is gonna push you to working on your character. And through that, you're gonna begin to know what rest really feels like. The rest that Jesus gives you is gonna be good rest however he chooses to dish it out. The third thing is this, take from Jesus. Verse 29, he said, take my yoke upon you. Uh, take his teaching as though it's the only thing that matters. The oxen that would have been yoked up would always walk where they were led to walk. You're gonna find rest when you actually start to walk where Jesus leads you to walk. And then here's the fourth thing, how to get rest from Jesus. It says, learn from him. Uh, verse 29, that's exactly, again, what Jesus says. He says, learn from me. And one thing that we should all be clear on is this. Resting in Christ is not inactivity. You look at Jesus. Jesus worked incredibly hard during his life. He physically spent himself. He walked over all these different cities and doing all this stuff all the time. He, the only place he could take naps sometimes was in the middle of a hurricane on the water. Even when he rested, life was a bit crazy. But he did all this stuff with a posture of peace. We need to learn to engage with the world with a new posture. We're not supposed to live under the posture of chaos that so much of our world lives under. We can learn to live with the same posture of peace that Jesus actually lived his life with. But we have to come to the place where we realize that rest has less to do with how much we have to get done than with where our hearts are in the middle of getting that stuff done. And also maybe it's about what stuff we're actually getting done. You see, it's the kingdom of God that matters most. That is the thing that ultimately matters. Uh, my wife and me, Crystal and I, we're, we were in uh, Menards just the other day and there were two young workers that we stopped to ask them where the mailboxes were because the plows came through this winter and bashed up my mailbox and it's awful and so I had to get a new one. And these two workers proceeded to tell us where the mailboxes were. And so then my, my wife asked them where something else was and then they told us and then I asked them where something else was and they told us that too. And we walked away and Crystal said something kind of funny to me. She's like, oh, well, man, they can go home now because they helped somebody today. It's got to feel good to know that you've done your job for the day. And I love that idea. Those guys who are working at Menards probably felt a sense of peace in, the, in that moment that they did their job. Well, Jesus had one job to do in this world, to advance the kingdom of God. And when that becomes the thing that you and I look to advance every day, no matter how busy or how not busy you are, knowing that you've done something to advance the kingdom of God will give you a sense of peace like nothing else will. The rest that Jesus offers is greater than anything that the world can offer in all of its busyness. But this rest only comes when we come to Jesus. That's always gonna be the first step. So here is what my challenge for you is today and, and really for this week. Do nothing. Find moments this week where you have no agenda whatsoever outside of the idea of coming to Jesus. And what does that look like? Maybe it means turning off your phone and going for a walk and being quiet in your spirit. Uh, let Jesus bring you your, to mind the things that he wants to bring to your mind. Let Jesus speak into you instead of trying to tell him everything that you need him to do for you. And maybe that means that you go on a walk and you literally think of nothing for 30 minutes. 
great. Like, take that as the rest that your heart and your mind needed. Because Jesus knows what you need. Uh, Maybe doing nothing means letting the dishes pile up and going on a date with your spouse uh, instead of doing the dishes. And actually just talking together with no agenda. Uh, Crystal and I, we've had a couple dates like that in the the past few weeks. Um, And it brought about such a feeling of peace in my heart. Uh, We ended up talking about some things that were really important, but there wasn't an agenda that led us to that. Sometimes that's what you need. Make some time this week to do nothing. Have no agenda. Let Jesus call the shots. Let him give you rest. And then receive it however he's willing to dish it out. And mothers, I know that if there's one thing that's hard to think about, it's about finding rest in your life. The truth is you need rest. You deserve rest. world's not going to fall apart if you give yourself some time to let Jesus bring you peace in your heart. And here's the thing, when you are rested and at peace with Jesus, it's going to reflect on your entire house. A rested mother is going to go a long way to letting the kingdom of God come forth with clarity in your home. As we pray right now, I want to pray for a peace and a rest to wash over every mother, every father too for that matter, and every household that's represented here today. Let's pray for that together. Lord, I thank you that you are a God who gives us rest. And God, every single one of us right now, we are in need of that. We are, we are a stressed out, out culture. God, I pray that in the moment that we are in right now, uh, that whatever we might need spoken into our hearts, into our minds, that you would speak it. God, help us this week to find moments where we can do nothing, where we can go on a walk and not think about what I need to say to God, but just let you speak to us. God, help us to find rest. And I pray specifically for the moms out there. <laughs> I, I see every day how, how tiring it can be to be a mother. God, I pray for a unique rest this week over the exhaustion that mothers go through. God, I thank you so much for the moms uh, listening to this right now and just what a blessing they are. God, I pray that you bring rest so that entire households uh, can just feel the rest that comes from a mother who's rested. We love you. We thank you for who you are, Lord. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for joining us on the Central and Janesville podcast. Remember to check us out at centraljanesville.com. Have a great week.